0: The Business of You is all about frank conversations and unique business wisdom for the entrepreneur. It's a chance to tune into the story behind the brand and retrace the path of those who walked this road before you, so you can pave your own road to success. Welcome to The Business of You. Today's guest on The Business of You is Jason Labas, Jason is the founder and CEO of Bonsai Media Group. He founded Bonsai over a decade ago, and he has worked with such amazing clients as Samsung, Amazon, Superboats, and CTG, among others. Jason is a real passionate entrepreneur and digital marketing professional. He leads his team with grace and with style. He's really big on corporate values among other things and really building a strong culture around him. His latest venture is called Social B and Social B is an app It is actually described as a travel AR app that combines elements of Pokemon Go with TripAdvisor and can totally enhance your travel experience. Before we hopped on today's interview, Jason gave me a little look behind the scenes of this really cool app. The user experience is incredible, and I know people that are traveling are going to find it super useful so, I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Jason LeBaud as you tune into his story of founding this digital agency, but also switching gears a decade plus in and using his agency to found an app. You'll find it very interesting. And also, toggling and growing two companies is no easy feat. So, I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Business of You, especially if you're a multi passionate entrepreneur who is running multiple businesses. Jason, how's your day going so far?
1: It's going well. How about yours?
0: Good, good. Great to have you on the show. Excited to dive into your story. We were chatting a little bit before um, we hopped on. I've got a number of questions about what you're doing today and how you got to where you are today, how you've scaled your agency. But before we we dive into that part of the the story, I would love to hear uh, what your early childhood was like, what you studied in college. and how you, you landed to uh, owning, founding a, a digital agency.
1: Yeah. So I, um I actually grew up in my uh, dad's business, the family business. It was a call center and answering service uh, located uh, in Seattle in Spokane and uh, Denver. And, you know, I did everything in that business from uh, I was a janitor for near a decade, every Wednesday and, and Sunday, um, Learned a lot of grit, I think, from that. Um, I answered the phones before my voice had dropped, which was embarrassing <laughs> on an occasion or two. And um, and then ultimately, when I was you know eighteen, I got the opportunity to work in sales and support marketing, and you know I just learned a lot of the uh, kind of business acumen um, that goes on in the corporate world, and um you know, really from there. And I think it, it actually really started with when I was a janitor, I'll share this one experience with you. I uh, was taking out the break room trash, which I'll remind you it's a call center. So it's a lot of like coffee and Coca-Cola. And, you know, at this point I'm, I don't know, 12, 13, some, somewhere in there The the garbage is heavy enough for me that I have to like swing it over my shoulder kind of lean over and uh you know there's a, a little hole in the bottom of the bag and uh you know so stuff's going down my leg and it's just like um it was kind of at that point it's it's so vivid in my memory of the decision I made right then and there with myself that I would dictate how I where I worked in the future. And so, you know, from there, it really, you know, in, in high school, I picked up a gig selling um, cell phones um, and that was right as cell phones were kind of coming up. So all of a sudden, you know, I'm selling cell phones to all my friends, families and parents and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, just a lot of hustle. And then, you know, um, in high school, I also DJ'd our school lunches and assemblies and all that kind of stuff, which then led to doing junior high dances and then, You know that led to doing sorority uh, parties. I did one frat party. I decided never do that again. (laughs) Um, The sororities were all right, though, right? Oh yeah, the classy (laughs) events and nice locations and all of that. So, um, and then that really led to doing you know club djing through college, um, event promotions, um, and then to weddings and corporate events. And really, wedding and corporate events are where you make your money as a DJ. So I was, you know, uh, doing well and uh, paying my way through school. And, uh, you know, in school I focused, uh, initially it was, I was gonna go get, uh, you know, BA in in marketing. Uh, I took uh, a computer science class um, right after working on a web design and development project uh, for my father's company. So i had kind of had a little bit of interest in it, uh, but then I took that, computer science 101 class built my first website and it was game over so then I double majored based basically in computer science MIS and marketing oh, um, great so combo. yeah it was um, you know with really the goal of being able to help bridge the gap between you know the business sales and marketing side. Uh, and the technical development or, you know, even SEO has a lot of very technical aspects to it. Um, And so I think to, um, to execute well and to get results, uh, to create what I call a business class website, you know, I think you, you can't just have a pretty website. You can't just have a website that's fast or developed well you can't just have a seo optimized website like you know and you know this but they all have to work hand in hand um and so that was that was really the the impetus behind starting bonsai uh, in
0: 2009 so had you ever aside from selling cell phones have you ever worked for anybody else
1: I mean, I worked at Starbucks. I worked okay. at claim jumper restaurants. I worked, uh, you know, like I said, for my dad's companies, um, and a whole host of other odd okay. jobs and and things. So
0: yeah, uh, but you started your own company without really having um, a ton of experience and say, like a in a professional business environment, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, well, the, besides I, your dad's. Yeah, the I always there. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I got my MBA sitting shotgun in my dad's car. Yeah. You know, the when yeah. we were going to soccer games, he was, you know, talking to his CFO or talking to a client or, you know, so I learned a lot of um from there. But then, no, I mean, really, I, I had a couple of really good mentors. Um, Chris Montevino, who was our young life pastor, but also a businessman himself. You know, he really helped me get my book started for the DJ business. And I mean, there are you know. Countless people along my journey who uh have certainly played a big impact in, in helping me get to, to where I'm at.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's great. That's impressive. That's why I, I asked about it because it's it's a lot to run an agency. I mean, you have to wear so many different hats. It's not just like starting a restaurant, right? Where you have to just know a few things in an agency world, you got to be creative. You have to be somewhat technical. You have to manage people. You have to deal with clients. Legal side. I mean, it's just endless. So, so hats off to you. Um, Amen. So what? So tell me about the early days. So you decide to start bonsai, and where did the name come from? By the way.
1: Yeah. So um, you know, I um, my grandma uh, lived in Boise, and I'd spend my summers uh, with her, and uh, she had a Japanese garden and um she also we would have you know japanese exchange students who are going to boise state who would stay with us for the summer so um you know i would i kind of got infatuated with that culture um yeah you know, at one point in college i was making sushi about every night um and and then really you know like it, it clicked for me because you know early on i can remember being 13 or so um I actually killed one of my grandma's bonsai trees. Um she told me not to mess with it and of course I did. And this was like a 26-year-old bonsai tree, so it was no small um matter, but um but through that experience I really learned, you know, that uh you know, just like anybody can build a website, um anybody can grow a plant. But I think to care and grow and and purposefully grow a bonsai tree it takes a very skilled uh, individual. And I think the same goes for building a, a business class website. So that's really where the, the bonsai tree, um, comes in for me, um, and, and a, lot to my, my grandma and her influence. Um, and, you know, as far as like how, uh, I started it, you know, is, um, coming out of college, I was still DJing, making great money. Um, the job offers I was getting at the time were less than what I was making as a DJ. Um, and so, you know, just looking at the job opportunities and looking at my experience, um, uh, kind of doing my entrepreneurial endeavors, it just made sense to me that I could uh, one, support myself, if nothing else, on DJing um and build this business up and, you know. It's really the key for me at that time was you know getting whatever client I could, to be honest. And then it was all right, creating a case study from this experience um, that had real tangible benefits for that business. That then I could go to the next business owner and say, Hey, Mr. or Mrs. Business, you know, person you know here's what i did for this company who's in a similar industry as you and here's what i can do for you and you know early on i had to put a lot of guarantees and different things um but i just kind of built that from you know one case study to the next i always say we we've, we've gone from doing $2000 websites to $200,000 websites and you know even beyond that now and so it's um and, and, you know, you go from doing mom and pop shops to doing small regional businesses to doing um, the Samsungs and Amazons and, you know, so on of the world. And so it's just uh you got to climb the ladder.
0: Yeah, totally. Totally. How did you transition from, say, those small regional businesses to the enterprise level, the Samsungs and those types of clients? Because I would imagine you had to hire different staff to support those those clients as well, different skill sets, probably cost a lot more. Um, so what was that
1: like for you? It was a challenge. Um, so I always say that, like, you know, I like to say that bonsai is 14 years old now. So like, I always say that we're on bonsai, you know, I think we're at like 7.0 now. Um, like we go through these, what I think are natural evolutions in a business's life stage. And, um, You know it was it was difficult for a while um we kept clients that we probably should have let go um, but you know it's hard to do that when you're you know money is coming in um you know and then there were uh really some difficult times i mean i can remember in 2014 um we created an app that helped high school kids get into college um and We called it Frosh Monster and Monster Energy Drinks uh, didn't like that, you know, trademark infringement. So it created a whole thing and it nearly, it created so many problems for my business that, you know, I, you know, had to make some pretty big sacrifices, including moving into the office for a period of time to not let people go. And again, I think that's a great learning experience um, and I would highly encourage people to allow the changes or the challenges in your business inform you as to the changes you need to make. You know, I was so hardheaded and stubborn um, that at the time I wasn't willing to, you know, read the tea leaves and understand that, you know, I need to make changes in my business to head in the direction I wanted to go. Um, and so it just, it, it took longer than it needed to. Um, but then ultimately, you know, addressed, those challenges and a lot of them were personnel. Um, And it's, it's hard, you know, to uh, keep company morale uh, high when, you know, like I said, in 2014, we probably took a 40% hit in revenue. Um, You know, and then also on top of that, not having people who necessarily fit the culture and what I was trying to create or had the skill sets. Um, and so that was when it was you know for me it was really about um doubling down creating a a very specific vision for how I saw bonsai what I wanted it to be what our core values are what our ethos are and and then really just talking about it and you know trying to attract uh like-minded individuals you know the I think the job market's changed a lot um You know, we used to just throw uh, job descriptions up and have 100 applicants. And, uh, you know, now um, and just from that learning experience, I create videos for every single job. I interview every single position. Um, I just take that way more seriously than I did early in my career.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Your team can make or break you for sure.
1: 100 percent.
0: How do you balance working in the business versus on the business?
1: Mm -hmm. So hard,
0: and you're you don't have a co-founder, right?
1: No, yeah. yeah. The only thing I've found to work is time blocking.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like my calendar rules my life. Everything mm-hmm. from you know I'm gonna go on a walk with my kids in the morning or whatever. Everything's in my calendar, and it has to be because if it doesn't, somebody else is gonna book that time. Somebody else is gonna chat me, want some information about something, and so I think prioritizing working on the business is, you know, it's, it's almost, it's the number one thing. And it's, it's in the moment, it feels like, Oh no, I need to help this person fight this fire. When in reality, um, I'm just kind of shading their light. I'm not allowing them to have that experience and to grow as an individual who can, you know, who is fully capable of handling it, you know? Um, and by not focusing on, um, working on the business and growing the business and growing my team. I'm putting, uh, the quality of our work at jeopardy. I'm putting, you know, our clients at jeopardy I'm putting my team at jeopardy. I'm putting my family at jeopardy. And so there was a, I think a realization for me as to, um, this need. this has to be a priority. And I have to be a priority. You know, I, I think, um, early in my career I would sacrifice everything for the business. Um, And, you know, at this point, it's it is important to me that I have not important. It is essential that I have time to work out in the morning. As an Mm -hmm. example, Mm -hmm. you know, if if I don't do that, I'm not my best self. Um, I'm not my best self to my family. I'm not my best self to my employees, my clients, all of that. Right. And so I think it's just maturing and just. um, Understanding what is important. And I think we all say, you know, oh health is important or family is important. But then when we look at our calendar, it's all work, work, work. And, you know, watching this show and that show. And so how important are the things that we consider to be important? And that's where I think time blocking for me has um, you yeah, know, I take it very seriously. If I'm working on something and that calendar uh, notification pops up that I've got this time blocking for, you know, right now I'm I'm reading uh, Alex Armazi's, uh oh, yeah. $100 million yeah. leads and $100 million offers and you know when those come up that's what i'm working on you switch gears no matter what yeah no matter what it's just it has to be done and if things fall off then things fall off yeah um, but that's why i have a team um is to you know be able to delegate um, what needs to be delegated and it's a forcing factor to allow other people to grow
0: yeah so true If you've been thinking to yourself, I wish I had a personal brand that was easy to articulate and really captured all that I do, then look no further. Check out www.thebrandid.com today and sign up for a brand strategy session. We work with thought leaders, entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, authors, and speakers all the time. And we've been doing this for nearly 15 years. We love the work we do, and we would be so honored to help you uncover and define your personal brand. So check out www.thebrandid.com today and sign up for your brand discovery session. How did you increase the visibility of the Bonsai brand?
1: You know, initially, early in the business, it was a lot of like BNI, I don't know if you're familiar with them, Business Networking oh, yeah. International, mm-hmm. you know, um, which was just a great community of, of people that I'm still in touch with. Um, and then, you know, just a lot of professional associations and networks and a lot of networking events. Like I couldn't do all of that now being, you know, a husband and a father um, because, yeah, it's just, it was, uh at least two or three times a week going to this event and that event um but i think the biggest thing for us has been search engine optimization um you know so like we just started recently offering um an ar 3d uh, ai service um for mainly like 3d product configurations um and so, you know, we created a landing page, we did some blogs, some podcasts and various things on it, um, with the focus of, you know, driving some, some links and some, um, getting Googled and notice. And, you know, since we've picked up a, a number of, uh, clients and prospects focused on that, and we still show up for a lot of terms in Seattle, but, um, that, and then there's clutch, um, which has been a, a great referral partner, I think. Um and then there's just a lot of referral partners, people that I've or that we've worked with. Um, you know, I think those relationships, I mean, relationships just in general are so important, and um you never know where somebody's gonna land. You know, they may be at a you know small yoga shop in you know, Fremont, Seattle, but you know, two years down the road, they may be, you know, uh have a $300,000 RFP for, you know, a major enterprise. And so, um, so those are kind of the main things. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So I know you do app development as well um, as an agency, but you also recently developed a new company and an app of your own social B, which uh, you gave me a quick demo right beforehand. And it, the UI, first of all, is beautiful. Um, and you. the, you know, the, the, usability of it is, is just brilliant, really simple concept, but just really brilliant. Do you want to share, um, what inspired you to start that and where the idea came from?
1: Yeah, I'd love to. Um, thank you. So social B is, uh, a seven year startup. <laughs> and I always chuckle when I say <laughs> that it's, a uh, it's been a journey, let me tell you. And, uh, but I think like anything, um, worth, having you know it's you got to pursue it um you got to have a vision um and you got to be relentless in working towards that vision so the kind of the story with social b is that we we really started it as a um as a social contest platform so we do like a win a beach house for a year contest or you know with these different uh real estate organizations or we do uh you know Taco Times ultimate fan challenge and people would check in at a location which would unlock tips, trivia, photo, video challenges, and people would come back to us and say, uh, you know, hey, this is such a fun experience. Do you have anything else like it? And that's when the light bulb went off for me. And so, you know, kind of came up with the idea of okay, so really what we're kind of doing is taking people on these digital scavenger hunts. We're being their, you know, digital tour guide. Um you know, how could we use augmented reality to really make this more immersive, engaging, and have, you know, uh, you know, a tips, trivia or a video even and right next to the Mona Lisa um, that can engage the user and help them learn more about it, right? So we set out to build just that. Um, we, you know, initially it's a two-sided marketplace. We were targeting tour guides, influencers to uh, create these experiences where then they could uh, publish them uh, in our app where then consumers could consume them. The consumers would pay, let's just say $10. The creator would take 80%. We would take a 20% platform fee. And to my amazement, um, or nie- um, either way, <laughs> yeah. Um, did it was incredibly difficult and it was really you know it was having too many conversations just to get one person to sign up and create their content on our platform so i realized in order for social b you know to really um manifest to the vision that i had for it we needed a way to scale so right as i was realizing that this influencer tour guide targeting to uh get experiences on our platform wasn't working. Um, AI really started to gain some legs. So that's when we looked at, okay, well, can we use AI and ChatGPT to uh, create itineraries? Um, and how could we do that you know, better than just using ChatGPT or those tools itself? Um, so we've really pivoted to an AI model where you can create a three-day itinerary in Oahu, uh, with, you know, cultural experiences and surfing and you know, things that people do in Oahu. Um, and then, you know our social will spit out uh, an itinerary for you. Um, that has ratings, reviews pulled from Google Maps and other places, uh, allowing users to modify their itinerary. Uh, add dining options, um, and ultimately be able to, you know, uh, design their upcoming uh, travel, um, whether that's across the world or in their backyard. You know, maybe they're just looking for something to do this weekend. Um, And then from there, you know, really our goal is to allow people to um, download these itineraries to our companion app, where then our companion app can help them step by step uh go through each of these uh activities and each of these places so it'll help with navigating uh, it'll help with tips trivia photo video um so really just making it a, a more immersive experience
0: hmm. and did you develop this all in house
1: we did oh that's yeah. good
0: that's good yeah what do you think is the like the official launch date for it when will people be able to download it do you think
1: so technically they're both out right now. Socialbee.ai okay. is where I would direct people. You can okay. also go to um, the app store. And right now it's it's in um, the, just the iOS app store. Mm-hmm. Um, but socialbee.ai, and that's B-E-E, like the bumblebee. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I, I would really encourage people to to start. We're, I think we'll have the the uh AI itinerary piece um finalized with all the bells and whistles uh within a month here uh, and then we'll work to integrating that into the companion app um which would probably be coming out uh closer to the new year.
0: And would people have to download both the companion app and the other app to be able to No. Nope. Oh, okay.
1: No, so it'll we'll, we'll be moving to an iOS and Android companion app. Um, and the, but they can go to social on a desktop tablet, you know, anything. And that's really where I think, um, you know, oftentimes we think of, oh, I want to go to this location, but I think that's really shifting to people want to have this experience, whether that's relaxing on a beach, kite surfing, maybe that's, uh, you know, exploring Harry Potter landmarks in London, you know? Um, And so I think this is a a cool time uh, and a cool tool for people to be able to travel based on what they're interested in, Mm -hmm. not necessarily a specific location.
0: And do you plan to keep growing Social B with your existing team or do you I know you've legally set it up as a separate entity. um, Do you plan to staff it with with a different team as it grows?
1: Yeah. So I technically, so I do have, um, a separate team from bonsai. Um, now that team started at bonsai. Um, and yeah, there are times where it's like, Hey guys, you guys have built this cool thing over here for social B we have a project. We need that cool thing. I need you guys to come over here and help that. So there's a little bit of, you know, Robin Peter to pay Paul, but, (laughs) um, but it's, it's, um, as the company grows, um, and hopefully as we get funding, mm-hmm. um, we'll definitely be building out our our team sales, marketing um, and all those those pieces. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. So after or aside, let's say um, from Social B, what else do you see on your horizon Where where else is your your vision? going to take you and bonsai and and social be, or, you know, your personal brand, what, what's up next for you?
1: So I think what I am most interested in pursuing right now is, you know, 3d AI uh, augmented reality and virtual reality. I think we're coming to a really interesting time in technology where you know, just with AI, you know, previous to AI, we had to have well structured data in order to uh, get results that were meaningful to people. And that took a lot of time and engineering and, and it also cr- created a very constrained interface. And I think, um, you know, AI really creates an opportunity to have a more fluid, uh, you know, searching experience or uh, interaction with software and technology. Um, so I think that is, uh, I think going to be a big opportunity. And then with that, you know, I think the 3d space, um, creating 3d assets right now is very time, uh, time intensive, very costly. Um, but again, with AI, um, that's very close to being, um, significantly, um, more efficient and less costly. And so um, and then as you, you know, take those 3D assets and look at how can we leverage those, whether it's, you know, 3D product configurators, uh, you know, product tours that leverage augmented reality. So you can see, you know, what does this boat on a trailer uh, look like in my driveway? Will it actually fit in my driveway? Um, Some of those kind of things um, I think are big. And it's really it's the blending of, you know, user experience with, you know web and digital technologies i think the the website um part of our business will uh always be there i think it's it's a real passion for everybody on our team i think for me as you know the owner of the company it's and just as an entrepreneur like been doing bonsai for 14 years i still work on some website projects here and there but um i have to scratch that entrepreneurial itch and you know take a a new what i would consider division of bonsai and and focus on building that and so that's really what i'm doing
0: Mm -hmm. i wanted to ask how will you continue to fund your various um i guess like new divisions are you taking, you know, profit from Bonsai and putting that into Social B, and then is that what you continue to plan to do? That model as you continue to build out new divisions in the AI world, VR.
1: That's right. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So I think it's bootstrapping. Yeah. Um, totally. And, um, I mean, my you know number one goal is to make uh, Social B cash positive. Um, so that I, uh, don't need to, uh, take profits from, from bonsai, but, um, I'm blessed in that I do have bonsai and it, it is able to, you know, create what I think will be a, a really cool opportunity, not just for social B and the employees that work there, but also for the team at bonsai as well. Um, so. Yeah.
0: What are some of the, the challenges that you're seeing your clients facing the bonsai clients in particular? And what makes them come to you?
1: What yeah, problem so are you
0: solving for them?
1: Mm-hmm. 99% of the times it's leads. Mm. Um, I think lead gen in has just become a lot more difficult. Um, yeah. You know, we've got uh, a lot of things going with GDPR, CCPA. We've got, um, so Consumer Protection Act type of uh personally identifiable information, which is, it makes things a bit more difficult. Um, At the same time, everybody's inboxes are inundated. So a lot of sales development reps and SDR and email spamming is becoming a lot more difficult. Um, And I think, you know, people want to be attracted to something and then get there and then make a decision and then um so I think a lot of times for us it, it really comes down to uh leads it comes down to communicating the value of their product or service um you know for a, a company that has a product um that is they're displaying in 2D you know it's it's akin to like in I mean there's and there's very specific stats i mean it increases conversion rate by 40% to go to so 3D you mean to go to 3D yeah okay. exactly it's just like um You know, uh, we used to have just still images in e-commerce sites, and we know that they produced a conversion rate of 2.3%. Then we added video. All of a sudden, we got a conversion rate of 4.5%. Then we integrated uh, 3D assets, and now we've got a 7.5 conversion rate. So it's um, I've learned with Bonsai um, to focus everything on how I can add value in a meaningful way to that business, um, because it can be cool. It can be the coolest thing since sliced bread. But if it's not helping the company meet their primary KPIs, or even specifically, the person who hired Bonsai, you know their job is kind of on the line here. They're they're putting their neck out, saying that this is the agency that we should go for and so it's our job to support them and make sure that you know the KPIs that they're responsible for are mm-hmm. met and exceeded. Yeah,
0: totally. Um last question, what advice would you give to to people launching agencies or just early in in running
1: agencies? Well, I think there's there's kind of a few things. I, I alluded to one of them earlier, but I think one is you know, really keeping yourself a priority. Um, You know, just because you can work 12 hours a day doesn't mean that you should. (laughs) Um, The person that you become on that conference call or on that one-on-one with an employee uh, probably isn't uh, as good as the person who, you know, maybe took time to go for a walk or work out or, you know, do those things. And I think it's, for entrepreneurs and agency owners, it's not the quantity of time; it's the quality of time. Um, and so, figuring out what's necessary for you to maximize your quality of time and your impact in the time that you you do have, um, you know. And then, the the other big thing is, um, you know, focus on the people. So um, whether that's the people you're working for. Um, and being just as scrupulous as you are with people that you would hire, do the same with the people that are your clients. Um, You know, because one bad apple can make your life a you know a living hell, <laughs> Um, and take up a lot of your team's you know energy. And so I think you know there's that piece of it, really being guarding your team and guarding your company and making sure we're, we're only working with people that are that share our same core values and ethos. Um, and then same, obviously with the people that we're hiring. Um, and then of course, just patience, you know, I think, um, people overestimate what they can do in a year and, um, underestimate what they can do in 10. Um, so, you know, just have a vision and do one thing every day. That's going to get you closer to that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, that's great advice. Focusing right on the one thing that takes you to the next.
1: 100%.
0: Jason, where's the best pl- place for people to learn about you online and um, and potentially work with Bonsai or, or download the app? We'll put the links in the show notes too.
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, so bonsaimediagroup.com, and that's spelled as a plant. So B-O-N-S-A-I, um, media group, and then social um, AI those are the two websites. And then um, I'm mostly on LinkedIn. I've, I've uh, deleted my Instagrams and Facebooks and and those types of things. So I think LinkedIn would be the, the best place to connect with me personally. And I'm, you know, happy to chat with, uh, you know, budding entrepreneurs or maybe those who've, who have uh, been in it for a while, but have you know, ran into some of the, the same uh, snags that I have and uh, just be of any, any value.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much. Yeah. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Business of You. If you found a little dose of inspiration or learned something new, please leave a review and share it with a friend or even two. Interested in building your brand and business? Tune in next time to The Business of You podcast. And remember, there's only one you. You're the biggest differentiator your business has. Until next time, friends.